her sinus problem, she'd just be too loud. Yeah. For the report. Oh, oh she's scratching at the door. <laughs> we better go. All right. Well, let's jump into this week's episode. There's going to be all kinds of thoughts racing through my head in those final few minutes. Just like, like I'm so ready. Like, there's going to be so much adrenaline flowing through me. I'm going to feel like more powerful than I ever have in my life. And there's not going to be anyone that's going to be able to stop me, which is beautiful. When 24-year-old Randy Stair brought two guns into Wise Supermarket on the night of June 7th, 2017, and killed three of his co-workers, no one could believe that this quiet kid from Dallas, Pennsylvania, would have been capable of such an atrocious act. But as police began to dig deeper into his life, they found journals, videos, posts, and more, all posted online that told a totally different story of a deeply troubled young man with a scary obsession with death. Randy Stair was born on September 17, 1992 in Dallas, Pennsylvania, a small borough in Luzerne County of about 3,000 people. With his younger brother Jeremy, the Stairs seemed to be a classic American family. But for Randy, life was far from easy. Randy had a difficult time growing up. As a kid, he dealt with bullying and depression, but still he managed to make some close friends. In middle school, his fascination with death and violence began. He recalled in a video shared online that he would turn in dark stories where the main characters were often brutalized. And I just loved writing. And one thing that always stood out to me was all of my stories, almost all of them would end with the person dying at the end. So that's a little bit of a red flag right there for everyone in the future trying to prevent people from killing themselves. He didn't think his teachers seemed to care, something that surprised Randy, and only made him more disillusioned and angry. By high school, Randy's mental health only seemed to deteriorate more, and he grew obsessed with death and suicide. He hated his high school, feeling distant from his peers. On a trip to New York City with his family, he shared in another video online that he had considered jumping from the top of a skyscraper to take his own life. But in the end, he couldn't follow through. To make things worse, Randy was deeply affected by the deaths of two friends. First, Randy's brother's friend, Tom Lynch, was killed after crashing into a tree. Every year, Randy would revisit the location of Tom's death in Memorial. Randy's classmate in high school, Matt, also died. In Randy's words, Tom's death sucked the life out of me. Matt's death killed me. Despite clearly needing help, Randy was opposed to going to therapy and taking medication, things which have helped millions of people. He didn't want to see a counselor or to talk with anyone out of misplaced fear that these tools would alter who you are. After graduating from high school, Randy started to work at Wise Market, a chain of family-owned grocery stores located throughout the East Coast. He often worked night shifts at the Eden Township Wise Market, about 25 miles northwest of Scranton. Outside of work, Randy spent most of his free time on the internet, a place where he freely expressed his dangerous ideations and confessed his most violent plans. EGS just started from all that dark stuff. I just loved being in that zone. I loved thinking about death, dying, 
envisioning killing myself, killing other people, being free from this world and not having a care in the world to exist in peace and just just being happy. Posting YouTube videos seemed to be Randy Stair's primary source of comfort. From 2008, when he was 15 years old, up through 2014, Randy started and ran a YouTube channel he named Pioneer Productions. Though most of his early videos have now been deleted, some still remain and have been re-uploaded. The videos on his channel were often about various characters Randy made out of toys, like Mr. Horsehead, a toy horsehead on a stick, or Froggy, a stuffed frog. Though they weren't the most successful videos, from early on, Pioneer Productions had some loyal viewers. Around 2012, four years after starting the channel, the videos Randy was uploading began to take a less fun tone, growing darker and more serious. For example, Randy uploaded a video he called Somber, which was a silent video of him throwing rocks into a body of water, This was in stark contrast to the videos he was posting about the antics of a toy frog, whale, or a horse. In 2014, Randy, now in his early 20s, created a new channel under the name Worthless Toaster. Randy had started to become obsessed with a character named Ember McLean from the Nickelodeon TV show Danny Phantom. For those unfamiliar, Danny Phantom is a children's TV show that ran from 2004 to 2007 about a teenage boy who has the superpower to travel between the human realm and a ghost world. Though she wasn't in many episodes, Ember is a villainous ghost character who played the guitar, and Randy Stair took a particular interest in her. In fact, Randy posted frequently about Ember, and one of his most popular videos with over 3 million views was a repost of the original song called Remember that Ember sings in the first episode she appears in. According to the caption on the video, the original song had been difficult to find because it had been heavily edited and misattributed in the credits. Randy wrote that his video is the first featuring Ember to garner over a million views. Growing more interested in Ember in the Danny Phantom fandom, Randy spent less time on his original channel, Pioneer Productions. By 2014, Randy posted his last series of videos on the channel, his darkest ones yet. The first was called Amnesia Rape, in which a weight falls on Randy's head. He is then tied up by Froggy and the toy whale, who filmed him being raped. Another video is called Extinction, which shows Randy murdering Froggy and the whale. In the last video, titled Resurrection, Randy brings them back to life. For those who watched Randy's YouTube videos, these were the darkest stories Randy had shared yet. But things were only about to get more alarming. After ending his Pioneer production videos, Randy dedicated most of his time to creating a spin-off fan story about Amber McLean. Ember's Ghost Squad was his fan-made story that featured two other ghost characters, Rachel and Mackenzie, and Randy, who had now changed his name online to Andrew Blaze. Andrew Blaze was a character in the show who was friends with Ember, something that Randy fantasized a lot about in real life. 
Ember's Ghost Squad was an animated series written by Randy. Using the money he made from working at Wise Markets, Randy was able to hire animators and voice actors to tell his story. Though he drew inspiration for the characters from a kid's TV show, Randy's spin-off version was anything but child-friendly. It was dark and encouraged viewers to join us and leave your life behind. The Twitter accounts Randy used to promote his show feature endless angry tweets about death, dying, and the hatred of others. Long ago, I lost my life in a house fire. My hopes and dreams shattered. People had forgotten about me and moved on with their lives. Humans are such a disgrace. Life is full of questions and surprises. Death is full of wisdom and power. In 2016, Randy started working on a new video that he called Westboro High School Massacre slash Goodbye. The video showed the animated characters from Ember's Ghost Squad bringing guns to a high school and shooting the students. Westboro High School was the actual school that Randy attended only a few years earlier. This video wasn't posted online until June 7th, 2017, and marked the final video in the EGS series. In the days leading up to the release of this video, and others that Randy had secretly recorded outlining his horrific plans, he posted on the Embers Ghost Squad Facebook page the following. These are going to be the longest 17 days of my life. Mark June 7th on your calendars, because you probably won't witness anything quite like this again. Just saying. He lists that videos, writings, photos, and edits, and more from all of his projects over the years will be shared, especially things he's been working on in the last six months. He ends his post by writing, Nine years calls for something massive, unlike anything I've done before. I'm pumped. No one had any idea what he had planned. At 11 p.m. on June 7, 2017, Randy arrived at Wise Markets in Tunkanic where he was scheduled to work a late-night shift. As he arrived, he went to the back of the store where the employees had their personal area and blocked an emergency exit. As if he did nothing, Randy continued on with his shift, restocking the shelves, putting away items customers had left behind when the store was open, and cleaning up the aisles. At 11.37 p.m., nearly 40 minutes after his shift started, CCTV footage of the parking lot showed Randy leaving the store and walking to his car that was parked out front. The footage shows him getting in, driving his car to the back of the building and parking it right near another emergency exit, blocking the path for anyone to get out through that door. As he gets out of his car, Randy can be seen taking a duffel bag with him, carrying about 100 rounds of ammunition. Within the next half hour, by 12.10 a.m., Randy had multiple files and videos uploaded to his various social media accounts. The videos were called Goodbye, Suicide Tapes, and his animated Westboro Massacre video. There were excerpts from his personal journals and links to his other accounts that he had his writings. Randy also posted a 36-minute long video detailing exactly what he planned to do to those in the market that night. 
In terms of how this is gonna go down, Wednesday, June 7th, 2017, one o'clock, we go off for break. Here's what's gonna happen. When he goes out, I'm gonna block the emergency exits. So I'm thinking, how the fuck am I gonna block these doors? I'm not gonna be able to. I'm just gonna have to pop the two of them and then just hope to God as I can get over to him before he runs out that exit. With guns, ammo, and his plans released to the internet, Randy returned to Wise Market and proceeded to block all other remaining exits. At 12.41 in the morning, he locked the automatic doors at the entrance of the store. The four other employees working that night were trapped inside. Randy armed himself with two pistol-grip automatic shotguns and began to walk through the store, opening fire. As he walked through the store, he shot at items on the shelves, shot multiple times at propane tanks, hoping that they would explode, but none did. Of the four employees other than Randy working that night, Randy shot and killed three of them, leaving only one survivor. Kristen Newell had been labeling products in an aisle on the cashier's side of the store, along with Victoria Brong. They both had their headphones in, playing music while they worked. Victoria often had her headphones cranked, but Kristen preferred to have hers at a lower level. Kristen was towards the middle of the aisle when Victoria walked over to where they had been keeping the tags for that night. All of a sudden, Kristen heard a couple popping sounds and then a thud. Wondering what she just heard, she looked up and saw Randy standing there with a gun, and Victoria was on the ground. Staring at Victoria on the ground, she watched Randy pump two more rounds into her. At this point, Kristen and Randy locked eyes for three to five long seconds as she stood there at the end of the aisle. But instead of shooting her, he simply turned down another aisle, sparing her life. Kristen, in disbelief, walked over to where Victoria was, asking if she was okay. When she didn't answer, she tried to shake her a little, but even though she didn't move, she could see that she still had a pulse. Knowing this, Kristen knew she needed to get help. She pulled her cell phone out of her back pocket and called 911 while still in the store. She ran to where the self-checkouts were, but she couldn't see Randy, so she ran a little bit further until she could see him. Once she saw him, she could see that his back was facing her, so she took this opportunity to run. She ran to the front of the entrance, but the door was blocked by a pallet. So she reached through to unlock the door, but it still wouldn't slide open. So she slammed against it, and finally it opened. And she continued to run out to where his car was parked. But feeling uneasy and not wanting to be near his car, she ran up the hill and hid behind a bush and a tree. As police were on their way to the store, Randy Stare turned the gun on himself while still inside, ending the massacre and taking his own life. After the police arrived, they found that Randy had fired nearly 60 rounds inside the store. Though he had two guns with him, all rounds had come from only one of his weapons. His videos online explained his reasoning for this. He wanted a gun for backup in case the first one jammed. The police also called the bomb squad, as Randy's videos alleged that he had rigged a propane tank to explode under his boss's desk at the market. But thankfully, it wasn't able to successfully detonate. 
In total, four were killed that terrible night, including Randy. Victoria Brong, Brian Hayes, and Terry Sterling were the other three victims. Victoria Brong was 26 years old when she was killed. Born on August 10, 1991 to Kevin Brong and Ruth Kohut in Scranton, Victoria was a hard worker who loved her family. After graduating from high school in Tunkanic, she began working at Wise Market. She was an assistant tag manager. Victoria had one son who she named after her father, Kevin, and loved him more than anything. She lived with her partner, Bill Specterman, in the nearby town of Factoryville, Pennsylvania. Victoria loved to help others and cherished the time she spent with her family more than anything else. Her little boy misses her greatly. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering information, up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship series and through the World Series. Don't forget, Bet Online is where you have the latest game odds, present totals for the NFL and college football, plus real time updates on statistics, news, and odds, serious up betting on football. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. 47-year-old Brian Hayes was a quiet guy and a man of a few words, but he had a heart of gold. The Navy veteran from Springfield was a father of a beautiful seven-year-old daughter named Caitlin at the time of his death. Having enlisted in the U.S. Navy after high school, Brian served on the USS Eisenhower before being deployed in the Middle East during Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm. His wife, Tina, makes sure that her daughter, who has grown up without her father, knows how wonderful he was. Finally, Terry Sterling was 63 years old from South Montrose. According to a GoFundMe page made by his family for funeral expenses, Terry was a hardworking man who would do anything for anybody. He was preceded in death by his wife and left behind a son, his brother, and extended family. You know, you gotta make sure this is foolproof, but at the at the least, slow them down. So by the time you get there, they're still trapped and it's a freebie. So it's virtually two or a gimme. You know, Victoria and Kristen, I can't see me missing both of them. It just depends how far apart. In the they days are. and weeks following the massacre at Wise Market, police turned to Randy's videos to try and make some semblance of sense out of this tragedy. Given how much material Randy had posted online, it wasn't a complicated investigation. He had purposely left a long trail of evidence. A search of his family home found years of his videos and writings, as well as seven boxes of 12-gauge shotgun ammo, shooting goggles, ear protectors, a shotgun buttstock, and owner's manual for the weapon. Police also took two notebooks full of drawings and cartoons, external hard drives, flash drives, a computer, camera, CDs labeled Goodbye, Interview, Spring of 2014, and EGS Intro, five unmarked CDs, and one with illegible writing. These journals and videos all outlined Randy's deep psychosis. In the 42-minute long animated film of the high school massacre, Randy paints the picture of someone who had been bullied and who hates his classmates. Police suggested that the school would have been his original target, but it had been torn down last year before he had finalized his plans. 
The videos also show an intense idealization of the 1999 Columbine High School shooters Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. Randy called them his heroes and expressed that he wished he could have met them in person. Randy owned three shirts that said natural selection, made to look like the shirt that Eric Harris had worn during the shooting. In his last video outlining his plan, he says that all souls are fair game, and he flips a coin to decide if he should kill himself or his co-workers. As the coin lands on tails, Randy says that many lives are going to be lost. I would say the very end of 10th grade is when it finally started to get a little deeper. I found myself wearing women's clothing from my mom's closet, and I just loved it. And I couldn't explain the feeling. It just felt like right in a way. Surprising to many, Randy explained that he felt like a woman trapped in a man's body. He expressed deep anger towards his parents, claiming that they didn't know him at all. He said that when his parents were away at their weekly bowling games, he would put on women's clothing and finally feel like himself. He shared that he wishes he could have gotten a sex change operation. In the video, he tells his parents that he didn't imagine himself living past 20 years old. In the final Ember's Ghost Squad video, Randy said, quote, To answer an extremely important question, I'm not just ending my life, I will be ending the lives of others as well. End quote. It doesn't seem as if anyone had watched the video in time to report it. Or if they did, they didn't take his threat seriously. Laura Faberty, the actress who voiced a character in Randy's EGS show, said that he had emailed her personally less than an hour before the killings. In the email, he thanked her for her work and told her that by the time she read the email, he would be dead. The email began like a suicide note, but as Laura read further, the letter became more sinister as he outlined his plans in the true purpose of his videos. Laura couldn't believe what she was reading. She never thought that Randy would have been capable of anything like this. In their many interactions, he was always polite and rather formal. They had been in touch for almost a year after Randy had reached out to her through her website. Randy was upfront with her about wanting to make darker content, but this didn't really raise any red flags for her at the time. The only thing that had been a little different than usual recently was that Randy had been pressuring her to finish up the most recent job by Wednesday before the shooting. In addition to the email to Laura, Randy sent his mother a text, which also appeared to be a kind of suicide note. The text was sent at 12.37 a.m., just minutes before the massacre. She didn't wake up in time to read the message. In Randy's journal entries, police found even more evidence of his obsession with death and violence. In one, he wrote, quote, I am so ready to die. Two more fun nights, and that's it. I've officially accepted that Wednesday night will be the death of me. Everything around me seems to have faded away. It's felt as if I'm the last soul alive on this planet for the last week. I see people, but they feel like an illusion. I've never felt so distant from society, and I love it, end quote. In another, dated the Monday before he arrived at Weiss Market on the night of the 7th, quote, The girl in me is clawing to get out. 62 more hours, end quote. Randy's Twitter bio made it clear that Randy believed, quote, had to die in order to truly live, end quote, and that he was, quote, speaking from before and beyond the grave, end quote. 
In hindsight, these journal entries, social media posts, and videos seem like clear evidence that Randy Stair was planning something violent and had a death wish. But for Randy's family and friends, they had no idea that he was capable of such horror. As police collected their mounting evidence, Randy's parents, brother, and neighbors all were cooperative with investigators, and it was clear that they were in shock at what had unfolded. His family released a statement saying, Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. We are so sorry for all the pain and loss of life this has caused everyone involved. But I was still trying to figure out what my purpose was. And in a way, I felt like I had achieved that purpose. It's like maybe I was just sent here to make videos and then help make a difference for people through my YouTube content, showing that you can do anything. Though he had a few close friends, a few took to social media in defense of Randy Stare. One post read, Randy Stare was a rather attractive man who many people loved. Over the past couple of years, his behavior had become more and more atypical of his former persona, and he had grown increasingly aloof towards his friends, as well as increasingly grim in his attitude. The post ends by mourning Randy's death. The prosecutor on Randy's case publicly announced that Randy's actions were a mental health issue that had spiraled out of control. According to James Allen Fox, a Lippman family professor of criminal justice, perpetrators of violence like Randy leave behind such intense social media trails because, quote, they want us to know why they are going to do it. In their minds, they have a good reason to do it, end quote. Even with all that Randy shared about his motives and plan, we can't imagine the thinking that led to such a heinous act. Despite the horrific nature of this crime and Randy's large internet presence, there was not much media attention around this case. In the days following, Wise Market closed their stores in honor of the lost lives. Rather than tearing down the store where the tragedy had unfolded, Wise Markets instead decided to entirely remodel the inside. So when the store reopened weeks later, the front remained the same, but the customers would hopefully no longer be reminded of the massacre that happened in the aisles. Though it looks entirely different today, many locals still refuse to go inside and wonder why management didn't choose to close the store altogether. Though it took weeks for some, all of Randy Stairs and Andrew Blaze's social media accounts were deleted after the shooting. But because of morbid fascination, his darkest videos have been reposted on other accounts with warnings that they are only being reshared for education purposes and that the people watching them not to condone Randy's actions. We hope in telling Randy's story that we can learn from what was missed and prevent future tragedies from occurring again. If you or someone you know is suicidal or suffering from depression, don't hesitate to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for believing in me. And... I wish the best of you for your lives, you know, and hopefully I've helped make a difference for you. So 
This is Andrew Blaze signing off. Until next time. Have a good one. Crime Salad is a Weird Salad production. Are you kidding me? That was perfect. Hi, this is Daniel Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's a Texas showdown. The postseason and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering information, up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Everything you need to stay up to speed on each league championship series and through the World Series. Don't forget, Bet Online is where you have the latest game odds, present totals for the NFL and college football, plus real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. Serious up betting on football. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.